Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and welcome to Popcorn Here where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie out now called Manchester by the Sea which uh, I love past what I'm supposed to have as critical distance. <laughs> it's one of those movies that you think you could sit there and say, oh, I'm right, and no, you can't write notes, you can't do anything because it just hits you that way. And one of the reasons it does is the performance of Casey Affleck in this movie. So I'm thrilled to have you here. Thank you very much. See you here. So the, our job is done. You said thank you. I talked about the movie. Yeah. What's left? Cut. It was nice you to know? meet you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's, a, it's, it's a delicate subject, the movie, to talk about without giving too much away. Yeah. But can you just set up a little about who you're playing, who this Lee Chandler is that you play? Yeah, sure. I play a character. Uh, my, my brother's passed away, and I have to return to my hometown to take care of his son, my nephew. Um, I guess there's no one else to take care of him. And as we discover, as the movie unfolds, there are uh, some, some pretty big uh, reasons why I do not want to be in that small town. I do not want to ha- be responsible for this young man. And at first, it's a little bit of a mystery, and um, then as we sort of learn more about Lee and his past, we come to understand more of why he is the way he is that he's carrying some burden himself to do that. Yeah. When you sign on to do this kind of part, what is your preparation for it? How do you, as an actor, just say, I'm going to play this guy who is like mo- almost sometimes moving underwater? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of describing it. I, so I sort of uh, thought of him as sort of a, a balloon that had been filled with too much water, uh, and um, sort of had to go very carefully and slowly so that he didn't burst and had to keep anyone away from touching him um, so that he didn't pop. And um, the preparation, you know, begins, I guess, like any other movie. You're just reading the script, a beautiful, beautiful script by, by Kenneth Lonergan. And, um, he has a knack to be able to do such things, doesn't he, Ken? Yeah. Kenny knows how to write. He re- <laughs> Kenny he knows how to write. He knows yeah. how to write. Yeah, he does. Um, he, he writes complicated, uh, believable um, people, and uh, it's really a joy and a, and a challenge to play them. You played him on stage, too, when you did This Is Our Youth, didn't yep. you? Yep, I, I did This Is Our Youth in London, and that was when I, I met Kenny. That was about 18 years ago. Well... It's not 18 years that Manchester by the Sea has been in preparation, <laughs> but it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he takes his time to write things. He wrote this for about three years, mm-hmm. and, um, which I, I really love. I think, wish more people took that long uh, because, you know, when it's finished, it's something that is not just a kind of slapdash, broad strokes blueprint of a movie that could be good. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that is a complete uh, piece of work itself. And from that, we went and made a movie. And I said, that's a, you get a, it's a huge head start, you know. Um, most movies are, the script isn't given that kind of care and attention, isn't written with such love. So um, he's a great writer, and when I, when, when I read it, you know, I didn't stop. I op- turned the first page, and I started reading, and uh, I was really moved. And it's also very, very funny. He manages to, he pulls off this pretty great trick of sort of making people cry and laugh one page after the other page after the other all in the same moment and um, so so I was so excited when he asked me to do it and um, and then uh, I thought oh man this is going to be a tough job uh, and, and yeah I, I'd love to play this part now I have to play it yeah now I have to play it <laughs> um, 
but the the idea that Kenny would be there directing with me and that the um, the cast that he had, the other rest of the cast that he assembled was was a real comfort uh, because I admire all of them they're great you know so it makes it easier to do what you have to do well in the movie is as you mentioned before when you were setting it up is about a brother who dies but it's a brother who Kyle Chandler plays throughout this movie really well and a bond between brothers mm -hmm. you know that you mm -hmm. and Ben mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. were you feeling any of that were you using your own growing up with a brother that you know not not really. I would like to say that you know I had I had this thing in my life that I could apply to mm -hmm. the, the part in this particular way, and it's just not really kind of how I work. You know, I, I think that having relatives is something that, and siblings and parents and all of that is children. It's something that um, I think you, everyone can kind of relate to, and they don't need to sort of, um, you know, I, I had kids in this movie, and I am a, a dad, and I. Um, I'm a father, and so, but I didn't sort of think of my own, my own kids when I was doing the movie. I, it's just uh, I, I tend to go to the script as mm -hmm. the sort of main, you know, the well, and um, and just sort of and use my imagination. In Manchester, Lee is the kind of guy. Again, I don't want to give away anything, but I, but he's not only in pain; he's carrying some pain with him. But he doesn't want the comfort that people might want to offer him. Often when they do want to offer him yeah. comfort, he reacts sometimes even violently yes. against it because he doesn't deserve it right. to himself. Right. That's a hard thing to live with, isn't it? It is a very <sighs> hard thing. You know, it's a very, it's a, um, you know, it, it, it's like a, a very heavy feeling of isolation and shame and grief and all of that. And uh, I, I think that, he responds in a, in a string, he relates to people in a very peculiar way in the movie. And it's because he, uh, for the people who are trying to forgive him, mm -hmm. he does not want their forgiveness. And he's not, because he's not willing to forgive himself. And for the people who um, had, aren't ready to forgive him or have some, some idea about him that is negative, you know, then he feels that, that, that shame pretty uh, powerfully. So, People are are painful. Being around people mm -hmm. is hard for him, and um, that was one way into the character. There's a scene uh, that you have with Michelle Williams, and and we're making an indie movie. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of time. And tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's not a lot, of, and it's not. I'm not saying anything about what's going on, except you're two people who really haven't talked to each other, who were married once and and very close, and. It's so painful to watch that particular scene at the same time as you're wrenched by it. How, how much planning can you do for a scene like that? Well, you'd hope that all the planning that, that, um, it, that you do is, you know, that all the work that you've done up to that point that isn't really all about that scene, mm -hmm. that's the preparation. Mm -hmm. that, you know, all the, so the, you, you don't see it as this big... Yeah, and that you, that you think, thought about the character and you thought about why he's in so much pain and you thought about, you know, and she's thought about, you know, what she's carrying and then when you bring the two together, it's just going to work, that the chemistry is just going to be right because you're both in the right place. So that's part of the preparation you do. And then there's just the ordinary, you know... Um, just you learn your lines. There's a lot of lines, and they're happening really quickly, and you got to learn them. And um, and then you have to, you know, be come to work that day, um, carrying a lot. You know, you have to just that day. You really got to find yourself in a, in a in a heavy place, and you have to bring it. 
um, and be able to stay in it uh, sufficiently so that the scene works. Do you rehearse it with Michelle? Do you work it out that way, or is it just done on set? You know, what we did in that case was we just we just rehearsed the lines because they were, she would say something, I would overlap, she would interrupt, I would interrupt, and so we wanted to get that right. But we would do it robotically so that there, so that, you know, she didn't want to kind of go through the actual scene and all of the emotions of the scene um, until we were there on the set. Do you have a plan for your career when you started? Did you say, here's what I'm going to do? Oh, man, I wish I had I have those. a plan. I'm yeah. a man with a plan. I mean, you know, the best laid plans. Uh, so I think I did not have a plan mm-hmm. other than to um, work with great directors on the kind of movies that I loved. And I was a teenager and I was watching movies. I just thought, I want to be in one of those, you know. Um, what kind of movie was that you were watching that made you feel that way? I mean, all, Lawrence of Arabia, uh-huh. you know, but big epic things that were in a faraway place in some other world that just seemed like, I just thought, God, put put me on that camel. Put, I want to <laughs> be in that story. I want to be that man. I want to. I know like what the what he's thinking. I know what he's thinking, and I want to do those scenes. And um, or you know, Glory. I remember being a teenager. I watched Glory, you know, twenty five times, my, just because I was related to the, the character of Matthew Broderick plays mm-hmm. Robert Gould Shaw was someone who uh, was a relative of mine from the Civil War. It's so, part of the Affleck family? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It, goes, it goes back and um, I thought um, and now I've worked with Matthew twice and I always rec- I recite lines of his back to him and he's like, stop it, stop <laughs> it. I don't know. Um, but you know, I mean, so all over the place comedies and, and um, um Big movies and little movies and, and great dramas and you know classics and weird uh, uh, little art house movies. All of it had excited me and um, I wanted to be a part of it. And um, but I didn't. I never sort of thought this is how I get there. Oh, here's a little roadmap. This is uh, let me yeah. let me be Mr. Strategy about my career <laughs> and find find my way to the top. I just maybe I should have, but I always just thought is this. I would read something and I'd think. Does this does this scare me? Does this really like t- tickle me and excite me and make me want to stand up and do it? And if it did, then I would do everything I could to get the part. And I didn't always get it, but um, I've got enough. I've got enough that I feel feel pretty lucky. Um, well, did it help that your that Ben got there first and that he was there? Did he help you along in this? Um, you know, it, it doesn't really. It just doesn't work that way. I think that like. People say a lot of things about Hollywood, but um, they do. the truth is that really it's made up of the good movies are being made by people with uh, who really, really love what they're doing and they care about mm-hmm. them and they're spending a lot of time working on them and they have a really precise vision for it and they're not going to cast people because it's so-and-so's friend or so-and-so's mm-hmm. relative. They're just going to, they, they're making the movie that they really want to make and um, when I started out, I didn't really know anyone who had any success. I didn't know anyone who'd been in a big movie. I moved. I went out to L.A. and um, with a friend of mine from high school and spent six months just trying to find an agent. And then uh, finally did, and I wasn't getting any auditions that I wanted. And I just got very lucky because I got an audition for a movie called To Die For. And it was set in New England, mm-hmm. and uh, a casting director I read for on some terrible TV show that I didn't want to do knew that that's where I was from and he said oh I know some kid who can do that that you know who, who might be from there might be the might be right for the part so um and that was a Gus Van Sant movie and Nicole Kidman was starring in mm-hmm. it and um 
I met Joaquin Phoenix, who became a really good friend of mine. And so uh, I sort of just got one of those breaks that, um, you know, everyone, everyone should get. Every, and uh, and um, I took advantage of it. And I, I became friends with all those people and worked on, you know, worked really hard on that movie. And, and at that time, I didn't know anybody who, who was doing anything. Um, and in fact, uh, after that movie, um, you know, a year, couple of years later, Gus Van Sant called me up and he said, I read this script it's called Good Will Hunting. And um, I think that one of the guys who wrote it is related to you. And I said, yeah. Yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I said, yeah, that, that guy's, uh, he is. And um, he said, well, I'm not done with it yet, but I like it. And I said, well, finish it. <laughs> and, uh, and then he went and made that movie. And, you know, um, so but everyone gets case, their start. But you get at a certain point in your career. When you do uh, Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, you get an Oscar nomination for mm-hmm. it. So that's the time where people around you are saying, oh, Casey, this is it. Right. Where do we go now? We're just going to move up to this other level. Did that happen? It did in some way. <laughs> I think it made people, you know, what people say to you is, well, if you've never been a lead in a studio movie, then you can't be a lead in a studio movie. And it's a chicken or an egg thing. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know, how, how am I supposed to be a lead if I haven't been a lead? I mean, what is, That's it's, right. catch it's 22. a maddening yeah. catch-22. So, um, and then I got that because they were willing to let the director cast anyone he wanted to cast. And I auditioned. I auditioned for that movie so many times, I can't tell you. And they, every single time, after every audition, they told me, I'm sorry you didn't get it. The director would say it, and my agents would say, give it up. And I would call and say, I'd like to audition again. They said, you have to just let this go. And, um, but I, I knew that I knew that part. I had read the book. I read the script. I had researched it all, and um, I knew that I could play it. And... Uh, and I kept going, and finally I just put myself on. They wouldn't let me audition anymore, so I put myself on tape, and I wrote the director a letter, and I said, listen, this is, this is what I would do with this part. And uh, I gave it to him, and finally he cast me. And um, so I, I tell that story only to illustrate the point that you have to, it's not what, you know, you can't listen so much to other people telling you what you should do or you shouldn't do you and what you can do and what you can't do you kind of have to listen to yourself and and know that you're going to have to live with the career that you build no one else is you know everyone else is going to walk away and you're going to be left with uh, I, I wish I had done this um, and so you just got to kind of do it and after that movie came out everyone was saying you should do this you should do that kind of a movie and I didn't like those movies the movie that you did, that, you're, that Ben directed, Gone Baby Gone, to me is one of the best performances that you've given. I think it's just a very strong kind of thing, and yet you're working with your brother. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when you were growing up, you fought all the time. <laughs> yeah, we fought on the brothers set. Fight. Yeah, brothers fight. You fought on the fight. set. You say, you're an Why would you tell me to do that? I wouldn't use that language. Oh, Really? Um, really? No, we, we fought <laughs> no. all the time, but I fought with Kenny Lonergan on this. this. I think that fighting is kind of... What is your language when you do have an argument? Do you just say... Oh, very I beg strong to disagree. Language. No, there's not enough time <laughs> to beg anything. You just got to disagree. I, I would say, you're, this is a huge mistake. It has to be like this. You got to be like this. Be like, it has to be like this. These are the reasons. We don't have much time. Please, let me do it this way. Um, and... 
Uh, I think that's a great way to work because I, when I fight, I fight with love. It's because I'm, yeah. I love the movie. I'm trying to do my best work. I love the person who's working with me. I really, I think there's a, a love that you have to have for your, the director and, and vice versa. A director has to have for his actors if you're going to really care about the project. And so, um, and with Kenny Lonergan and Ben and other people who I had a relationship with going into the movie, it was and a huge advantage because we had a shared language. We also had already developed a relationship where Kenny knows I love him. There's nothing he could do in the world that would change that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so no matter how much I'm fighting him, he knows that ultimately it's his movie. I want to do it his way, that I have nothing but love and respect for him. And so you don't have to mince words. You don't have to, you don't have to be gentle and waste time. You can just say, you're, you're, you're crazy, man. We've got to do it this way. Um, language sorry <laughs> that's just you the way it is it. I started it I yeah. didn't mean to alright as I end this show always ends in song what uh, yeah you did it before but now you're pretending so, that you song didn't it's just a tiny bit of one okay it's you just, sing you've it got kids. You've I got will kids. watch it you must sing to your kids oh man oh man I'm, what do you my, sing I've tried singing to my kids and Kendrick I'm not kidding Omar? my kids say please dad please stop. you sound bad Stop. They say stop. You're terrible. Well, sound. that's why we can't take a whole thing. We're just looking for that smidgen. You found you found a real by an Achilles heel, a real good. Well, spot. that makes me happy because that's real. Then it's okay. emotional. Come on, there's something it's, coming out of you. You're bringing up some old traumas. I want to bring told it up. That I was tone deaf early in life. I did a musical. It was my very miss. first performance. Really. And the guy said, you're, he played two notes in the piano. He said, which one's higher? And I said, the first one. And he said, he said, no. <laughs> He said, you you're tone deaf. You fail. You fail. And it's and, mm -hmm. and it cut deep. Now, here I am. And here I'm it is. Come on. This is a big moment. We have all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, see, I hear all this happening and it I doesn't can, matter. I, this song, this, I think what we've done has been a song. No, it is. Our no, conversation I'm not buying has been that. a song. I'm it not, has. I'm not it's been lyrical. It. The things that you've said have been beautiful It's been lyrics. beautiful and it's all like jazz. It's, it's a jazz It's been jazz very thing. melodic. It's I'm not buying it. I need I'm selling something. it. It's the only thing Do I'm selling. Do it. I'm not believing you. I'm not believing you. Oh, man. If you sing it with the me. The wheels on the bus. Let's go round and round, round and round. <laughs> and so do I, my friends. <laughs> yeah, See you later. Uh, no. Thank you very that much. Was it.